You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. There was uh, only one to begin. Light and darkness, prophecy unfolding, fear overflowing, there was only one to begin. And the shepherd stood trembling, a silent night turned into the moment that would change uh, the course of history. There was only one to begin. And suddenly one turned to two, and two turned to three, and a multitude of angels in the field Blinding light, echoes of heavenly praise in the cool night air. What is this worship song of the angels? What is the exaltation of the heavenly host? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And the lights went out. Darkness covered them once again. And with the angels gone, the shepherds moved to let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. With everything going on right now, with everything you're wrestling with, with, with everything you struggle with, how could that worship song be true? Peace on earth. Peace in my life? Like, I'm not even going to ask you the question, do you want peace? Of course you do. We all do. But but I am going to ask you, do you want peace in Christ Jesus? Because that's a very different desire than everything else in this world. Do you want peace in Christ Jesus? Because the reality of the angel exaltation is that peace is not for everyone. No, the, the angels knew what they were singing. The angels understand correct theology. When, what they actually sang in Luke 2, verse 14, is that peace among those with whom he is pleased. Because if, if you aren't right with the Lord, there's no peace to be found this Christmas season. Like, if the wrath of God still rests on you, I, w- I would not dare promise you peace in your life for the life to come. For the good news of great joy, for the Savior Christ the Lord has come to offer us peace before the Holy God. So right up front, not your normal introduction, are you right with the Lord? Can the Lord look at you this morning and say that he's pleased with you? Not because you're perfect, Not because you never sinned, but because you believe in the work of Christ Jesus, that the baby in the manger is is fully God and fully man, that the baby in the manger will grow up to die on the cross for you, to absorb the wrath of God that you and I deserve, to rise from the dead, to defeat death, to input his righteousness to you. Do you even believe in the Christmas story? Like, I'm not asking you if you're a Christian, because that's a, that's a pretty convoluted question in the South. I'm asking, do you believe and are you even following Jesus? 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree 
that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, and by his wounds you have been healed. That the Lord looks at you and sees the man or woman that has been healed because of the work of Christ alone. Like, it, 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 it truly, it makes no sense for me to teach an entire message on the assurance of peace to people that don't even have the assurance of Christ Jesus. And even then, not too late, we're here right now. And so I, I, I humbly plead, just quit, quit playing church games, come to Jesus, believe in the works of Christ, follow Christ, come to me or to another believer that you know after service and say, I want to believe and follow Jesus. I want the peace that you're talking about. Because if you do, if that's true in your life, then I, I, I do. I have some of the best news to tell you about. Because even if the world turns and shakes, even if the doctor delivers the bad news, even if the bank account looks pretty pathetic, if you are in Christ, you can have real peace today. Emmanuel, God with us, means that peace is offered to those with whom he is pleased. And it was just always meant to be that way. Let me show you how. We'll be in Isaiah 9. Look at two verses this morning. If you have a digital Bible, I'll read out of the ESV. If you have a bulletin, all of that is in the bulletin. Um, but like we do every week, let's pray together. Father, we, we humbly come before you and we know that for those that are listening, for every man or woman, every child, every person that has ever existed, there is a desire for peace, for all these bad things just to go away. But it is quite another desire to have peace in Christ Jesus, a kind of peace that will lock everything into place, a kind of peace that does change everything about our reality and eternity. God, give us that kind of peace. God, teach us what that might mean through your word this morning. And we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit that you would show us, that you would give us true understanding, not just with mind, but with heart. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. What does Emmanuel mean? Said it countless times. We'll continue to say it. Emmanuel means God with us, a prophecy of Isaiah 7, the proclamation of the angel in the Gospels, God with us, which begs the question, what kind of God is with us? Who is the God, and what does he bring to the table? And so we started every week in Isaiah 9 to fully answer that question. Christ with us means that the very first week, Christ brings a light to the world. And then last week, Christ with us means that Christ brings joy to the world. And so this morning, I think point three is pretty obvious at this point. Christ with us means that Christ brings peace to the world. A kind of peace for those that are right with the Lord. A kind of peace that is beyond understanding. A kind of peace that extends beyond your circumstance. A kind of peace that Isaiah proclaims. So we'll start in verse 5. So this is Isaiah 9. 
I'll, I'll read verses 5 and 6. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult, every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So verses 5, uh, or 5 and 6, is really the culmination of verses 3 and 4 from last week. The Lord will win the day, that just like Gideon defeated the Midianites in Judges 7, the dark and uh, violent reality of verse 5, every boot of the trampling warrior in battle, every garment rolled in blood, it will all be burned as fuel for the fire, that the promise, this graphic promise that the Messiah to come, will again, he'll defeat every enemy. That the promise of peace is not when everyone gets to hold hands and everyone gets along regardless of what they believe and how they live. That the promise of peace comes through the bloody cross and a day of judgment. That the child to be born, is he's also the rider on the white horse. Revelation 19, verse 13. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the Word of God. The armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. For his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty, and on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So it's, it is of no coincidence that Isaiah prophesies to this truth in verse 5 and 6, Christ Jesus is not just some nice guy or a magician or a fortune teller. Christ Jesus is God. So, so we celebrate the birth of Christ because of who Christ is and what he will do. And as verse 6 declares, he is the wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting father. And since all of those are true, he also holds all power and sufficiency to become or to be the prince of peace. So, yeah, while we can certainly study and unpack each of those titles that are given and I'm sure we will one day, let's, let's focus on the last title of verse 6. That the Prince of Peace has, has been given to us. Let me say that again. The Prince of Peace has been given to us. How, I mean, how does that not become a humble truth in our life? What kind of peace is that? What does that actually look like for you and I this week? What is, what is this peace that is offered to men and women with, with incredibly busy lives? Well, the good news is that the Prince of Peace actually answers those questions for us. So again, um, we won't do it next week, but we'll do it this week. Let's turn to the Gospel of John. So John chapter 14, if you have a physical Bible or you can turn there in a digital Bible. We'll go to John 14 and read that, at least some of that account together. 
This is John 14. I'll start in verse uh, 25. Jesus speaking, he says, These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. It's my peace, my peace. I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I'll come to you. If, if you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I'll no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming and he has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. We are headed from the cradle to the grave, for in John 14, we're, we're nearing the death of Christ Jesus. His disciples can feel it. They, they know this might not end exactly how they thought it would, and Jesus speaks peace into their anxious and worried hearts, what is this peace that we are offered this, this Christmas season? I'll, I'll just give you a few things. If you're a note taker, here's letter A. A peace that will provide help. Help. It's a kind of peace that will provide help. Starting in verse 25, he said, These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but, but the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. And I think of, a, of all the names to give the Holy Spirit. The Helper, the most profound. It is spoken by Christ Jesus, if you even back it up a little in verses 15 through 17. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I ask the Father, and he will give you another Helper. Give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So if you love the Lord, if you have received, been baptized into Christ Jesus, we have the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's Romans 8, 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, Anyone who does not have the Spirit of God or Christ does not belong to him. So, so the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, the, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Do we not see that? Emmanuel, God with us, means that God dwells in us. That wherever you go, and whatever battle you have, and whatever anxious or depressing moment you experience, God is with you because the Holy Spirit indwells you. It's the ultimate Emmanuel. Like, how can that not encourage us this month? When, when, when I open presents with my little family, when I partake uh, with the Christmas meal together, God with me because the Holy Spirit indwells me. So, so when you grieve the deepest of losses this season, when, when you look at empty seats in your home, when you feel the rush of emotions and they hit at all of the wrong times, when those, like the holiday smells and lights, bring back bittersweet memories, 
God with us. It's why Jesus says in John 16, 32 through 33, not on the screen, Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and you'll leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone. The Father is with me. I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. It's not going to be easy. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Emmanuel, God with us, because the Holy Spirit indwells us. Like what an unfathomable peace that we carry with us in this difficult world. Like I, I don't, maybe it's just me, um, but I can't, I cannot leave my, my house without my phone. Like what if I need to make a call? What if, what if I need directions somewhere? What if, what if I need a calculator because my Kentucky education failed me? Um, life, like life would be a lot more difficult if my phone wasn't in my pocket just to help. Do you not see where I'm going? You can't forget the Holy Spirit at home. You can't leave him on the nightstand and or plugged up in the kitchen. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is ever-present as he dwells in us. You're, so you're never alone. There's Christ Jesus says you're, you're never left as, as some orphan. The Holy Spirit is with you forever. That's not my pet theology. That's literally what Jesus says in John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. So if you're a child of God, peace is always present because the Spirit of Christ is always present. He is the helper. So I'm, I'm going to go out on a, a pretty safe limb this morning and, and guess that you and I need a lot of help to be at peace these days. Well, then what kind of peace in the Holy Spirit is that? Let me give you letter B. It's a peace that will provide instruction. Instruction. Because the peace of Christ is not just the indwelling of the Spirit, but also the, the ability to walk in the Spirit. Or simply the help that is provided is not to just feel really, 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 really good about life. You don't need help with that. The help that is provided is to walk in the Spirit. It's Galatians 6, verse 16. But I say, walk by the, by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. We need help to live in peace, and to live in peace means to become more and more like Jesus. J.I. Packer, he puts it like this, The Holy Spirit's main ministry is not to give you thrills, but to create in us Christ-like character. So verse 26 of our passage this morning, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. Do you see the role of, of Emmanuel, the Spirit of God in us? The primary role of the Holy Spirit is twofold. First, the indwelling of the Spirit teaches us everything that the Word has, has taught us. Meaning, with, without the work of the Spirit. Like, I'm just relaying information to y'all every week. I, I, I'm, 
I'm just filling your brains with some ideas and facts about the Bible. And for some of y'all, you're like, well, that's pretty interesting. And for others, you're like, this is pretty boring. But we're not computers. We aren't elementary versions of AI. The pinnacle of humanity is not inputting and outputting information. No, we are a people of heart, eternal soul, where information has the ability to, to fundamentally change us. So we need the helper, the spirit, to move divine information to the heart, a work I can't do, a work that no preacher, no parent, no grandparent can do. I can output facts to you from the pulpit, and you can input them to memory, but it's only the Holy Spirit that can take that information and change your heart. So it is. It, it's, it's, I mentioned this before. It's why we, we pray at the beginning of the message. Not, not because that's a smooth transition until everyone finds their place in the Bible. It's a, a desperate plea of dependence upon the work of the Holy Spirit to teach the Word of God into your hearts because that's where, where real transformation begins to take place. But also, Jesus says, and to bring remembrance all that I've said to you, Meaning that as you live your life, as you work with a bunch of people that don't really care about God, as you walk the halls of school with classmates that don't actually follow Jesus, as you parent in countless complicated, frustrating situations, as you manage your finances, as you sit alone in an empty house with nothing but your emotions, Emmanuel the Spirit of God indwelling us will, will bring to remem remembrance the Word of God. It's a, I mean, it's a tried and tested and true reality. There are so many times in my life I'm in the middle of something and a, and a, ver a verse pops in my brain, a verse that reminds me how to live in righteousness, a, a verse that reminds me of the promises of God. So many times in my life, I'm in the middle of, of sharing my faith, and I'm like, oh, this isn't going well, and, and verses come to mind. Verses I never intended to memorize, they just flow out. Friends, that's Emmanuel. That's the Spirit of God indwelling us, teaching us, reminding us of the Word of God. Don't miss the connection that the role of the Holy Spirit is not to give you Holy Spirit goosebumps when the lights go out for worship and they're playing your favorite song, like, I've felt that countless times at concerts with bands that don't care about Jesus. No, the role of the Holy Spirit is to teach you the Word and to remind you of the Word. So, yeah, you can't remember something you've never even heard to begin with. If you want peace, if you want to be instructed in the way of peace, be a man or, or, or woman of the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Spirit of God indwells us to point us to the Prince of Peace. And lastly, let me give you a letter C. It's a peace that will provide perspective. Christ left us with the Helper, the Holy Spirit, which is why he declares in verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, 
It's not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let that heart be troubled. Don't let that heart be afraid. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ left us with His peace. That's not situational peace. That, that's not peace because everything is working out exactly how you thought it would. It's because it's His peace. Something that you can have that doesn't, you know, it just doesn't make sense to the rest of the world. That's why Paul wrote in Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I, I've prayed this prayer while watching men die in hospital rooms. I've prayed this prayer while standing over the caskets of children. God, please give us peace that doesn't make sense right now. Please give us peace that this world knows nothing about. God, please give us your peace. I'm fully aware it's easy to say that up front when everything's going well. How can you really believe that? How, how can you really pray something like that? Perspective. That his peace provides us with eternal perspective. Right there in verses 28 through 31, he says, I told you, I'm going away and I'll come to you. If you love me, you'll be filled with rejoicing knowing that I'm going to the Father. I told you before all this takes place so you'll believe. I'm not going to talk to you any, much anymore. The ruler of this world is coming. And what does Jesus say at the end of, of verse 30? He has no claim on me. So yeah, God is sovereign. Yeah, God is in control of all things right now. But for this age, God has allowed Satan to be the ruler of this world and the people of this world, specifically unbelievers. Ephesians 2, 1 through 2, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Which means it is going to be difficult. There are going to be times of suffering. There are going to be times when people get sick and they just don't get better. There are going to be times that leave us troubled and afraid. And yet, in the power of the Holy Spirit, remember what Jesus just said? He has no claim on me. That Christ is victorious. That every boot of the tramping warrior, every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. That death has no claim on Christ. And since he is victorious, guess what? So are his kids. Romans 8, verse 35 through 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Is it going to be tribulation? Or distress? Or persecution? Or famine? Or nakedness? Or danger? Or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
that we're given peace in Christ because we have this eternal perspective in every temporary reality. We need some serious help in that. We need the helper. We need the Holy Spirit to give us peace like that. We need the Holy Spirit to give us eternal perspective like that. The hauntings stirred all night. And one after another, it must have been something he ate. It must have been a dream. A life of what could have been, a life with him, a life without him, it was now time for that last spirit to arrive, the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Smoke and fog rolled through the dark and eerie place. He shouldn't be here. He couldn't be. This vision was meant for another man. He was a person of wealth and power. How could he possibly feel this much hopelessness and dread? And as the great Charles Dickinson wrote, the spirit pointed from the grave to him and back again. No, spirit, oh no, no, the the finger was still there. Spirit, he cried tight, clutching his robe, hear me, I'm... I'm not the man I was. I will not be the man I must have been before this course. Why show me this if I am past all hope? And so for the first time, his hand appeared to shake. So Scrooge stood and stared at his future. Good spirit, he pursued, is down upon the ground he fell before. Your nature intercedes for me and pities me. Assure me that I yet may change these shadows you have shown me by an altered life. The kind hand trembled. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all year. I will live in the past and the present and the future. The spirit of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Oh, tell me, I may sponge away the writing of this stone. And in his agony, he caught the hand. It sought to free itself, but he was strong in his entreaty and detained it. The spirit, yet stronger, repulsed him. And holding up his hand in the last prayer to have his fate reversed, he saw an alteration in the phantom's hood and dress. It shrunk, collapsed, dwindled down into a bedpost. Perspective can certainly change a man. Scrooge saw his future of death and gloom and wanted no more. That's the story of the Christmas carol, but that's not the story for those in Christ. For those in Christ, we do not visit a future of gloom and despair. We do not visit a future of unending sorrow and pain. For those in Christ, the Holy Ghost points us to the future that we have in Christ Jesus. A kind of eternal perspective that allows us to live in peace all year. That the Holy Ghost points us to the wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and of course the Prince of Peace. Emmanuel, Christ with us, means that peace is with us, literally Peace indwells us. That's your main point. Christ with us means peace with us. Let's pray together. God, we're thankful for the promise of your word, the promise of the helper, 
the Spirit of Christ, that the Spirit of God indwells us, that Emmanuel, God with us, is forever true for those in Christ. And, and we pray and plead, we need peace. That the Holy Spirit might point us to your word, might point us, remind us of your word, that the Holy Spirit might point us to the Prince of Peace. And so we're thankful for the, the truth, the promises of your word, and I pray that they would encourage the saints. God, and I pray uh, that the word would uh, draw those that are far from you uh, to the cross, and we pray these things in your son's name. Amen.